0: Abin, yeah. this is the black country blokes tuna fat here with me kev dylan and lee cabin and our very special guest today is lauren nicholson uh so lauren thank you first of all for coming on and she's going to tell us all about her life and uh, the, the wonderful things and the awards she's got but we're going to start the show as we do every week with let's talk about something that we're grateful for grateful i mean i've got uh, i run the Lions boxing club head coach there love the place but i broke up for today and i'm gonna tell you i'm happy to have three weeks off even though we've got um, bits and bobs in the works and everything i'm looking forward to having christmas with my wife my beautiful daughter and just having a relax because no matter how much you enjoy something sometimes we need to have a rest from it that way we fully enjoy it lee how about you
1: Very much the same as you this week, Kev. I'm looking forward to breaking up and, and having time off and spending a bit of ch- more time with the, the children and the wife a bit. <laughs> Not too much with the wife, obviously. <laughs> a bit, yeah.
0: Lauren, how about
2: you? I'm excited to see my family tomorrow and have a weekend where I can chill and, um, yeah, have a few days off from college. I mean, uh, we're
0: going to go into your song choice then, because I loved mm-hmm. them. Both, by the way. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what they were and um, why you why you picked them?
2: So I picked Hotel California um, because that reminds me of my dad playing guitar all the time, and we would always be singing it in the car. Um, And I picked Free Bird because that was my dad's funeral song, but um, it doesn't just. I don't just think of it as a funeral song. I've, we always used to listen to it before that anyway, and that's one of the first songs he tried to teach me on guitar as well. So yeah,
0: It's funny, we talk a lot about music. It's something mm-hmm. me and Lee both absolutely do. I going to say funerals. Like Tracy Chapman's Fast Car, Simply the Best by Tim Turner. It's amazing how many times I go to a funeral, and it sometimes it takes me years mm-hmm. to... Almost forgive the song, yeah. Because I used to love the song, and then it reminds me of Rob Roles, reminds me of Benan, reminds me of Tom Dick and Harry. Mm-hmm. Did it? You said something off there. You said it, it. It never upset you because it was such a happy song before.
2: Yeah, I just tried to think of like the positive positives relating to it, and not just the negative side of it, because it was a memory before that happened, and it's something that we loved as a family. We loved music, and we loved listening to that song. So that's what I think of.
0: It's funny, what uh, transport you've got? You used to listen to one in your dad's car, didn't you?
2: Yeah, um, we used to listen to like stuff like Hotel California. I mean, he always had like a Spotify playlist of all yeah. of all his old songs, and uh, yeah, we all sang to them.
0: It's amazing what reminds here, parents. I remember I was thinking about it when I went to the tour just before we come on. And it's, um, I remember back it before we had Spotify, before we had CDs. Yeah, <laughs> listening in my mum's car, and we had a tape of The Beautiful South. Mm. Then if we was in my dad's car, it's like Santana, and it's but in when them, them songs come on, they transport you back mm. to when you're a child and yeah. how your parents made you feel as a child. And I think a lot of that is, if, you, if, if you've got to remember like how I had, and by the sense you have, feeling safe and happy. Mm. Is there anything that reminds you of that, Lee, of being in the, in the car?
1: Yeah, there's a few there's a few songs I played on one here like Meatloaf and, and things along that line. But it's the... Impact of music, the greatest impact is between the ages of 12 and 22. I was reading the other day. So between 12 and 22 is is where it really takes off because your brain is still learning, it's still developing. And that's why most people with the songs they listen to between those ages mean so much to them. If you think as you get older, your, 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 your taste you still listen to those old songs, whereas actually, do you listen to songs from 10 years ago, in our mm. case? And it's it's rare, isn't it? It's more the older songs of your teens.
0: And I, I suppose you're having that transition from being a child to an adult.
1: Apparently. And, <laughs> <laughs>
0: allegedly. <laughs> but I, I think a lot of it is, as I say, like, say the beautiful cell but you listen to it because your parents listen to it. But at that age, of have been 12, 17, 18, 19, 20, you're going... I want this.
2: I want to go and buy this. Yeah. I was going to say, like, all the music taste I have now is from when I was around about 12, all listening to it in the car. I was obsessed with ACDC. Like, that was the first band that I've heard of. And uh, yeah, I was just obsessed with this. It's like the only jumper I'd wear. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's not a bad jumper to wear either. No,
2: it's cool. It's
1: better than my first song that I've brought. (laughs) Cotton Eye Joe <laughs> <what> <laughs> <laughs> Hey terrible We had Cotton Eye Joe In the Spice Girls Really didn't we Kim? <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: uh, I mean, you, you touched on Your dad's funeral I mean Do you want to Go into this uh, I mean um, Yeah tell us how Your dad passed
2: Yeah so He passed away Last September um, From cancer um, He was diagnosed About two three years ago now um, But yeah We had Free Bird For his funeral song And I also read a A poem at the funeral Um, obviously that was really hard to do but I feel like I've almost done something as the last message goodbye almost and I feel even though that was probably one of the worst days I'll ever have to go through it's sort of, I won't be here now because I've tried to turn everything negative into a positive that's everything I live by so yeah I think if it wasn't from that experience I wouldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing now in college and yeah, so yeah.
0: I think it's so brave. I mean, I was at a funeral the other day. My mm. best friends, Sean, Quint, and uh, the twins. I up from mm. their grandparents were like grandparents to me. After to was up, and they both passed away. Recently, I was at the funerals, and I was watching the uncle, who's also the pastor, who's reading out the eulogy. And I thought, what courage? Because I, I, I couldn't do it for my parents. I don't think.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Because yeah, n- not that we've ever got to be ashamed of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never. You know what I mean, but. Uh, I don't feel like I could hold it together to actually portray words on the day.
2: Yeah. it. You do feel like that when I went up to do that and I had to get up in front of all my family and my sisters and my mum. I was just thinking, oh my God, I can't believe this is real. Like, that's. I can't believe I would ever be doing this for my dad. Um, but when you get up there, it's like, I've got to do it. You're standing there, your legs are shaking, but you've got to do it. It's. You, I just feel. That's what I would need to do to say goodbye, in a way.
0: And uh, I think grief comes in many different forms, doesn't yeah. it? And I think what works for someone like um, our motto on here is you've got to find your medicine. And I talked to so many different people, like some people when they lose their dad, mm-hmm. they have to go to work the next day, some people have to have a month of mourning, some people go to the pub, some people use, some people... And I think you have got to deal with it in your way. Yeah, Have you got any... I mean, without being too personal, Mm. When you've also got two sisters and a mum.
2: Yeah, well, it happened in, like, the first two weeks. I started my first year of college and I only had one day off. So what I found worked for me was to carry on with what I'm doing, pick up things that I'm interested in, like my games or a film, watch a film with the family, just almost distract myself for a bit. And I think it only hits you... Months after of what it, what's actually really happening, because you distract yourself so much, or well, that's what I did um to try and forget it really,
0: I mean uh, you send distraction i I find when people lose someone straight away, your phone's off the hook, how are you, how are you? yeah, how are you? then soon the funeral, give it a month after the funeral, and everyone everyone else just moved on, yeah, but I forget your pain's still very real,
2: yeah, that's exactly what I think as well, I think. People think it's important to ask as soon as it happens when they should be asking you all the time, even months later. um, You're still feeling those same feelings as you did the day it happened.
0: And it's like sometimes it's like when you've had a car accident. or Yeah. It's shock, isn't it? Mm. How are you? Uh, um, uh, Yeah, you don't know how to answer, yeah. But it's afterwards once, you know, you realise what's happened, that's when it does hit you.
2: Mm. yeah.
1: Sorry, it's very much like the mental health question, is isn't it? Really, that when someone asks you, when you when you're down in your dumps in mental health wise, uh, uh, where are you? Your, mm-hmm. your natural thing is, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, it's the same, isn't it? You no. don't. And it, I suppose a part of it might be that you're not ready to talk about it at that point as well, um, because as we say, people grieve in different ways, and maybe maybe you just thought, actually, I just need to be with myself a mm-hmm. while and think this over and 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 come out the other side, and and then I'm ready to talk to you about it. But it's we've we spoke about this briefly earlier that I think a lot of people don't even ask as well because they're Mm -hmm. scared of you saying the well actually I'm not well yeah I'm not doing great
2: I was too scared to spill all my feelings I was scared to tell people how I felt I felt like I had to put enough face for my family even though they're going through the same thing and then I was worrying like people like my friends how are they going to be able to answer what I've just told them it's yeah, I feel like people are also scared of how to ask and make sure they're not asking in the wrong way.
1: Again, but I think people have got to, um, people have got to realise that actually you're not looking for them to solve your problem because you can't solve that problem yeah. ultimately. No one can bring your, your dad back, mm. so you can't solve the problem. So all you've got to be is an ear to listen to, isn't it? Yeah. That's all, all you're actually looking for. You're not looking for them um, to do anything more than that.
0: No. Well, what I, I, I've noticed in it as a young woman saying, mm-hmm. you have to hold it together for your family. Because I, and m- many people out there, primarily think as a man's thing, isn't it? Not being sexy, but it's like, as a man, I can't. And it, it isn't the way. It's yeah. not a man, a woman thing. Often, what we need to do as a family is talk. But I don't want to talk in case I make mum upset. Mm-hmm. And they've ever made Richard upset. Yeah. So we, we'll uh, ignore the elephant in the room. And sometimes the best thing we can do is just, A, feeling, you know what, mm. I'm having a blooming dreadful day. I miss him or her or whoever yeah. it is.
2: Well, with like me and my mum and my sisters, we all do openly talk about it. It's just outside of that, you're almost scared to like spill it out to everyone, but um, I feel like I almost have to become the dad. I'm, I'm helping my mum with the computer or plugging my sister's PlayStation in, things like that. You feel like you have to take on the role of whoever you've lost.
0: I think that's very reoccurring as well, isn't it? We try Mm -hmm. and fill the void, whereas nothing can fill that void, can it? And I think what we try and do as people, what we've got to do is... We have got to... I don't know. I'll try and think of the word. We've got to... Whatever we we do, we can't change it. We've got to remember them and grow to be the people that we're going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, you sound like a very lucky woman because Mm -hmm. you've got... As a young age, was you 16 when when your dad passed? Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean it's, whether you're 60 or 106, there's never any good time to lose your parents. Mm-hmm. They're always your mummy and daddy. Yeah. Uh, but at such a young age, and how old would your sisters have been?
2: They're two years younger than me, so would have yeah. been like... 14 14, yeah.
0: That's good maths, was it, like? <laughs> mean, oh, oh, no, not. I was panicking there. <laughs> <laughs> but at such a young age... and. We were saying about how cruel people can be at school. Yeah. Were they... I remember a a girl at school and her mum passed away very young and people would bully her because her mum passed away. And that's how horrible some people can be.
2: Were
0: you... Did that happen to your kids or yourself? (laughs) No. um, Oh, goodness.
2: Yeah, yeah, luckily, I've never had anything like that or my sisters. It's just... We all react and cope with it in different ways. Like my youngest sister, Abby, I think she sort of gets upset and doesn't want anyone to see, and she gets upset at school, whereas um, my sister, Grace, she'd turn everything into a joke, um, sort of laugh about things, and I just sort of do as much as I can um, to do my best. Yeah, we, we always carry on with the things we used to do with my dad. We get his guitar out, we play his music. We don't stop it just because he's gone. We we do everything we used to do.
0: And how school been with it? Have they... Do they do bereavement counselling? Um,
2: no, nothing um, specific for bereavement. When I was in school, um, I had counselling as my dad was being diagnosed, um, and I didn't find that it helped me. And in college, I wasn't offered any counselling, and there wasn't really any in my college at the time. They've only just sort of come out with um, some counselling, but it's nothing specific to bereavement. You'd have to go and say, like, this is what I'm coming for, Um, but I just wish there was something more talked about where you could just go specifically for that, yeah.
0: Well... Two things I'm going to jump on here, because we were talking with Cherry Gilling the other week. Uh, mm. Love Cherry Tobitical cool, on our podcast as well. Remarkable episode, please. Go and find her. But we're saying, I don't know if it's the British way, but we don't openly talk about death. Mm. Even like uh, when our children are watching Disney movies, we kind of brush over the death scenes. Oh, what's happened? Oh, it's just gone to sleep, darling. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll be okay in a bit. Instead of having like, Frank and open, whether you're religious, whether you're, mm. whatever you want to say, he has died or she has died, mm. but what is that? And then however you talk about it. You yeah. Know. But maybe it's a conversation we've got to be having at early doors. And death hasn't got to be scary. Yeah. It will be sad, you know what I mean? But it maybe it's something that we've got to be having more open conversations with young.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's never something you're going to get over. You've got to learn how to cope with it. Um, it's a part of life, everyone's going to go through it at some point, as as sad as it is. It's just the way you learn to, to deal with it.
0: And like me and Leah have been banging this John Farage, you're saying, we believe that um, if we could get mental health doctors and counselors, mm. counselors, therapists, whatever you want to call them, in a primary school age, so at uh, reception year one, year two, whatever, as problems start to arise, why is Kevin angry? Why is. Lauren mm. Choi. Why is Lee? X, Y, Z. it? And get to the bottom of it early. Teach the children empathy. Teach them that you're not broken because you are reacting in this way. Yeah. You're acting this way because mommy or daddy or nanny and granddaddy. Teach them
2: that it's normal. Yeah.
0: And if we can build the build the foundation better in the first place, hopefully have stronger people. Mm. Then let them grow up being broken, then try and plaster and paint over the cracks.
1: Yeah. I think it goes a bit further than that doesn't Kevin in terms of it's got to be done on a basic level where we can where we can teach children how to explain what they're feeling mm. because then it's going to help you if if unfortunately they do happen to lose a parent or a sister or a sibling or someone close to them they're going to be able to explain cuz a lot of it is you see a lot of anger and frustration because they don't know how to explain what's going on within mm. their heads. I see it with my own, my own two children, especially my son. He gets that frustrated because he can't, he hasn't got the words to explain what is going on within himself.
2: Yeah. Sometimes you're just done with explaining as well. You just do take everything out in the things you do. It's sometimes you just you're done with talking about it.
0: And I think it's talking to the right people. Hmm. I know I say this for mental health, like, mental health group, all under the same brush. If you keep banging on the door saying, help me, help me, help me, help me, and no one answers, eventually you stop knocking. Mm. So we need that person being a, a guardian's counsellor. I think that's what they call it in America.
2: Yeah.
0: A guardian's cancer or whatever, to have someone just to have an open ear, mm. not to judge you, not to go, look, I can't bring you back, I can't make you feel better, but every time you need an emotional punch bag, my door's open, come in, let some steam Yeah, off.
2: have a talk, yeah.
0: And let's find something to make you uh, distract you or a pursuit of happiness, mm. be it sport, games, music. Let's find something to channel your, um, yeah, your interests.
2: Yeah, I
0: think that's right, yeah. Well, should we go to a, a, a couple of songs, Lee?
1: Not a
2: problem.
0: Uh, and we're back with uh, Laurent Nicholson. <laughs> So, Lauren, why did you pick those songs?
2: I picked Paradise City and Starman um, because of all the lip, lip-syncing battles and singing battles I've had with my mum and my sisters with those songs. And it just reminds me of, like, New Year's Eve when we always used to just blast it and sing to it, really. So, yeah.
0: Happy, happy times, yeah. isn't there, man? And That's I, I love it, you know. It's, uh, we are laughing about it here, you know, like, saying your mum, and if you want to give your mum big shout-outs... Yeah, shout-out, Mum. <laughs> like, saying, she always listens to you and playing it around. And, yeah. Isn't it lovely though when it's uh, and that's a life on memory that is yeah you know it's, it's wonderful. Mm. But now we're going to talk to some uh, about something um about emotional. We're going to talk about bullying. I mean, I was bullied at um, secondary school. I uh, had bad eyes, lazy eye, called Cockeye and I remember one one time. You know, because they made me I had to carry a, a blind cane. I haven't well, I haven't carried one since. They used to make me use it up and down the stairs with an acceptable blind cane and. Some of the year 11s took it off me, lamped me with it. Good old lamping, you know, name-calling lampings. And that's probably why I never, um, well, I won't wear, I won't use one there, no matter how bad mm-hmm. my eyes get. And uh, it's funny, back in our day, minor league, it was even it was physical, you know, good idea, but a good idea wasn't as bad as emotional or um, emotional name-calling. Because mm-hmm. when they say, I'm going to lamp you and I'll pass three, go, oh, blow my neck, get over and do everything, it's done. But when someone's making your life feel worthless and horrible and they Mm. make you question everything about yourself, it's terrible. But how bullying has evolved all these years on? I mean, as it was in school, out of school, but we could avoid it. Mm. Your generation, it's a completely different minefield.
2: Yeah, I mean, pretty much my whole school experience, I was bullied for my hair, for my acne, um, all cyberbullying. Um, I had a WhatsApp group made about me and um, these girls that I thought were my friends talking about me calling me Lauren the Lion, just silly names like that and um, taking the mic out of my hair and I've had like Instagram comments and when I was like literally like 12, 13 and posting innocent pictures and getting all these Nansen messages, it's just yeah, it's crazy how it's you know, you can't escape all those messages on your phone, yeah. And then you'd go into school and have to see them and then get the same at school, Had things thrown in your hair and, you know, just, yeah.
0: But look at your hair, I mean, most women would die for your hair because it's like women with straight hair want curly yeah. hair. People, You know, it's always like that. Yeah. I would say, cos I've got curly hair, naturally, wafer curly hair, and I couldn't have curtains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> But you know, it's, uh... Definitely
1: can't have them there. can
0: you? I'll have one curtain. <laughs> but it's uh, about how cruel people can be. Yeah. And it's so easy. Like for, Once again, my generation, people like myself, you go, well, turn it off, just, mm. just ignore it and turn... But I imagine for someone who your whole life evolves, your a, a social network of Facebooks and Instagrams, it will be almost like cutting your arm off.
2: Yeah. It's just... When you see it, it still sticks with you. You think, that's what they've said about me. These are people I thought I trusted and I was friends with. I mean, it was, what, like five years ago since it happened and I still think about it. I still think, oh, I just wish I had straight hair or I want to straighten my hair or it looks awful. I just still have those thoughts about myself, all because of that.
0: And bullying can affect you. I know it affects me and a lot of my people I know, some big, tough dudes and women... I mean, it, and it, it, it does leave an imprint throughout your life. It mm. doesn't necessarily break you. It, br- it broke me at the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that. You know I mean? Um, but it does leave an impact on how I allow people to talk to me mm. now or how I allow people to make me feel. Because I go back to being that frightened little boy mm. and it, it spurred on to having a body dysmorphia. Where uh, I was a chubby kid because I had to go on steroids for my eyes, and then mm. I lost loads of weight. and I could walk past the mirror, and I was, no, and believe me, because being sick all the time wasn't eating. And I, I'd walk past the mirror and I'd think I was fat, or, oh no, I, well, I've got a roll of fat here, but my arms are too skinny. And it taken me years and years and years to find some kind of peace with myself.
2: Mm. Yeah, it just completely changed how I perceive myself sometimes. I. Um and I've struggled with my weight as well and it's always it's always something that's on my mind constantly. And it yeah, it's changed how I let people speak to me now and how I expect to be treated from other people.
0: And how did you find that school, the teachers dealt with it? In my opinion, all those years ago, it was blooming terrible.
2: It was awful. I remember going to um the teacher with like, these screenshots of all these messages and you'd expect them to call them all in and give them isolation or something and it it just... I didn't really get much out of it. I mean, I had to keep going in and my mum and dad had to keep going in and I eventually got um, physical letters of apology from the people that did it. Um, but I would have expected something to go on their school record or something, but, yeah, I didn't get anyone talking to me, like, asking me if I was OK, like nothing like that.
1: So. This is where I think it all actually goes wrong. I have no doubt in my mind that they were forced to write them letters anyway. Yeah. I think we'll all agree with that. There's no way they went out their own way and no. written them letters. So what was the point in writing them? Yeah. Exactly. What was the point in them writing them for you or for themselves? There's absolutely no point. So what we need to do is be re-educating these kids to mm. actually the damage that bullying can cause. You know, it's 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 not enough to go. Well, as pu- uh, I'm just going to punish you. Yeah. Well, actually, is that the answer? Because nine times out of the ten, you you punish someone and and you take the stuff away or you do this or you you whatever it 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 mm. doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. It's like us going up to a, a bully and punching him because he's bullying your daughter. The chances are, you, you, it's not going to do a, a, a thing to them. Mm. Just make them more scared of adults or whatever. So, what we need to do is get them in there and actually re educate them and show them the damage that it does.
2: Yeah, it was only um, years later where I was like in year 10 or something, and we had like a bullying talk in the hall. And that was way after. You would expect to be teaching students every single year, doing this presentation every single year to people. I
1: think it's also doing it on a personal level. Um, yeah. in terms of, I can imagine that that bullying talk was done in a group of. 30 kids or more mm. whereas actually you need to sit down with the people who who are bullying, because he's never one person, Is he? he's never a bully he mm. needs a gang of friends behind them to to even carry it out if you, most of the time if you catch a bully on his own, they, they, they won't say a
0: word mm. um, and I think it, as you said, an assembly Like if we had everyone in there and say um, who has anxiety most people end to put their hand up because yeah. you're in front of the people who make you anxious you need to be pulling people in smaller groups. One of our guests, once again, Pedro Griffiths, Pete Griffiths, um, used to box for me, six foot six, you know, good boxer and all this. And he says, he's now a teacher. And he says, the reason why I love being a teacher now, he has got the voice that he lacked when he was a kid. He said, I used to see kids getting picked on and they picked on me or they picked on him. And he said, I didn't have the courage to say anything, but now I'm a mm. teacher, I go, hang on. What you're saying to Kev loves like his feelings. And because and I try and explain to them and get them to an understanding of why you're saying that. Do you realise that's affecting him? And I think, once again, education. We can't just do mm. a mental health day, a bullying day. You have to actually get them to understand that everything has a consequence.
2: Yeah.
0: And how terrible you feel of... What you're saying to Kev, and then Kev goes and completes suicide. Mm. How would that have made you feel if that was your brother? And by putting... like, we A lot of times we're too ignorant to understand something, but we're allowed to be ignorant. We're only ignorant because we don't know. So allow people to know, Mm. give them an understanding of how it feels, and that is called empathy.
2: Yeah. I wish something like that would have happened because... It got to the point where I was being told to kill myself over my hair and really nasty things and really nasty names, and I was think you almost think why like do I have a reason to believe them? You almost mm. believe what they're saying about you.
1: You get told things enough and you do start yeah, believing it, don't exactly. you? It starts coming rain, I, I heard a
0: lovely thing on that on I put on butchery on Facebook. In fact, I've I shared it on mine. Don't let someone's perception become your reality, and that comes so much when someone saying you're ugly, or, and you hear about kids being thrown on the scrappy, but you're rubbish, you're thick, you will never. Mm. Don't let that plonker, let's call it plonker because I'm on the radio, <laughs> that plonker's perception of what they believe you are become your reality. Mm.
1: But this is what I've talked about many a times, Kev. It's, it's n-
0: Did I pinch that audio as well? Or no. you, actually? <laughs>
1: <laughs> not quite. For once, maybe not. <laughs> no, but it's what, what I say quite often is we cannot change... In terms of me personally, my my daughter gets bullied. I can't change that bully, bully's behaviour because I'm not in front of that bully explain it to him. That's not how it works. But what I can do is change the way my daughter reacts to it, and that goes the same way. So there's people out there who get bullied all their lives um, or all their teenage lives, and then they go on to be really se- successful, and that's because they use mm. that bullying in a, in a positive way. They don't let it drain them out. They use it to spur them on. And I almost feel like, yeah, we need to educate the bullies, as we we're saying, we need to show them that this is this is the end result. Mm. Possibly, if you keep bullying, this is what could happen to this person. But also, the person being bullied, we need to make them aware that what they say doesn't actually matter. Yeah. It, it shouldn't have any bearing on, on you. And, that you know, changing their idea of that it does matter.
0: Mm. And I think what we need is, in education, on the journey you're on now, when I was at school, when I was at college, I honestly believed those people mattered. I believe, and, and that's when my best mates as well, you know what, we'll be each of us best man, I'll be the godfather of your mm. kids. And and uh, yeah, that Lee, he's mean to me, but within me leaving school, I left in the, when you leave, June, so June's. Yeah. I haven't seen them people from school for 21 years. And you think law of averages, a puppy took them in a supermarket, mm-hmm. a bubble took them in a pub, but some people who had such a profound impact on my life, and I haven't seen him in over two decades. Yeah. Whereas me as that child, that young man, I would never have believed that. You know what I mean? And I really thought their opinions, their words, their actions mattered. They mattered to me and they formed mm-hmm. me, but really, they're nobodies.
2: Yeah, it's took me a while to get over it to embrace my hair, embrace the things they have said and to go and do the best I can, ignoring what they've done.
0: And I think that's how we've, but it, we've... It but is easier said than done. Yeah. And what would you tell someone now, because you're a lot closer to the age than, obviously, was mm. too old, so-and-so's are. What would you tell someone? Uh, a, who's being bullied, what would you tell that person?
2: I would tell that person to stick up for themselves, know their worth, know what they're saying is either jealousy or just stupidity and to go do the best they can do and don't take on board any of the comments or things that have been happening to them.
0: And second of all, to any bullies out there?
2: I'll just say grow up. You know, stop taking things out you might not like about yourself or things that have happened to you on other people. Turn that into a positive. You don't have to go down that way. If you're struggling with something, tell someone and try and improve what you're dealing with.
0: I like, you know, like cause this culture now. Once again, um, trolling, online bullying, and you have it like from our, our type of people to um, celebrities. What do you make of it? Do you think we can change it by? You've had to almost look. I have a passport. Like cause when people are allowed to say whatever they want, and no one knows who's saying it. Do you think that's a problem?
2: Yeah, I think it's so hard. Like when you go online, the amount of things you see—it's—and some people, it's just crazy. It's—I don't even know how you would begin to deal with people online like that. I mean, especially not knowing who they are. It's hard to just think like, well, who are they and why are they saying that? It's just. If it's someone you know, then you might be able to think of something. But from people online, it's like, that's completely random. What have I done to serve that?
0: I like with the, the social media giants. What do you think they could be doing better?
2: Um, I think big companies need to have some sort of system that flags it, not just on actual posts, but in messages and to immediately stop it or to immediately report it somewhere because it just gets so out of hand so quick.
0: It's a completely different world for us, isn't it, Lee? Yeah,
2: mm. it
1: really is. We were we were lucky in the sense that we didn't have to grow up with with that. Mm. And we often speak about social media and and the bad. That it, that it does, but we we do need to remember that it does. It, there is a good purpose to it if it's yeah. used right. The, the same as most things, as as life, if it can be abused or it can be be used in a positive way, and and it can be used in a positive way by putting posts out there like bullying is not okay, and getting celebrities and and people like that who 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 listen to to to, to explain what we've just explained that it doesn't matter if you're being bullied, it, it, that's not all you're worth what they're saying isn't true, it's not, what you're, it's not all you're worth, and, and coming from people like that, then hopefully young girls, boys, will listen to it.
0: And actually have success stories, like people have said, like, you know, the boxing world, the football world, the acting one, and tell the horror stories of how it made them feel to be bullied. And even, like, the bullies in the celebrity world and say, well, I was one, and I didn't realise until... My son, my daughter, my brother, my sister was bullied. Mm-hmm. let's have the different sides of the argument, two sides of every coin.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I say that, that's something that good that could come out of it and it's something that needs to happen.
0: Well, Lee, let's go to a few more beats. And we're here, the last part of our, our show with Lauren. Lauren, great songs. Mm-hmm. Tell us about them.
2: Uh, Back in Black by ACDC and The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. Um, they remind me of being in the car, I know I keep saying that, but okay. specifically going on trips to like, Alton Towers, Thorpe Park in the summer with the window down. Yeah.
0: So, what we're going to finish on is, because um, once again, it's great, having some of your, your age, and especially being on the council in a, a college. And how has the lockdown affected like uh, people at college? Mm-hmm. Just, have Have you seen it firsthand?
2: I think it's just it was just panic. You think how am I going to do my course at home? How am I going to do my work at home? How is everything going to work? And then when it comes to you actually doing that, it's so overwhelming. You just think I haven't got a high spec PC. I haven't got a teacher to say yeah that work looks good you sort of are your own teacher at home and it's not like school where you can, you know, just ask your teacher, like, on Teams or you message them saying, you know, can you check this worksheet? It's, it was really hard, especially for people in college. I mean, obviously it was hard in school as well, but um, for me and my class, it was just panic, yeah.
0: And what is the... I mean, like, with the dread of us all going into another national lockdown, and mm. did you finally get easier? Did you find... Uh, when, it, when it first happened, because it was like the plague, wasn't it? Yeah. If we, if we left our houses, we were going to die. Mm. To how hard that was. But we had the summer, so yeah, we could at least be outside in our gardens. But being trapped as a 16, 17, 18-year-old in with your family,
2: mm.
0: what was that like?
2: It I was I remember was listening.
0: Yeah. It was,
2: it was hard at first, though, because... I mean you're not really used to that amount of time just staying in your house um, when the restrictions were eased a little bit I cope with it um, going on bike rides with my boyfriend Louie and going on walks with my mum and at the time we had a dog and we were taking that on walks so yeah it, you just have to find some ways to cope with it as best as you can
0: and have you found with like um, at, at a college is it a lot of is it a lot of fear or is it a lot of People are saying it's a conspiracy theory. Is it? People are having their vaccines. Is what? What's? The, I know. It's a very big brush. But how are you personally find it in your little sector or your big sector? Um,
2: I would say yeah, there is quite a lot of conspiracy theories about, you know, how is this going to work or what's going on in the real world right now. Um, but for me, I just when something when we're told something then. We'll go from that and we'll work on that. But I know a lot of students in college were planning already before they had heard anything, and um, you know, people obviously talk about it, don't they? And yeah, it was it was a bit all over the place.
1: Have you seen a lot of um, social anxiety with people going back into into college? And... Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, a lot of people were worried about obviously COVID, and you know, are we gonna? wear masks in there, uh, uh, you know, if we're not vaccined, are we going to be allowed to go into college? Um, and, and now I'm, I'm going to get my second one. I'm, it's it's eased a bit now, but social anxiety. Um, I think people are still very, very anxious to be able to think, oh, can I go even do that? Um, especially to just go into college. You, you, you're anxious about just walking in. Do I need to put my mask on? Do I need to have this? Yeah.
1: I think that's been a, a a big problem throughout it all. That really the the advice has not been clear. No. Um, and it's it's been ever changing. I mm-hmm. think sometimes you'd have been better just sticking to whatever was happening. So like wearing masks. Just let everyone know if you've got to wear a mask, you got to. Wear, yeah. You know, it is what it is. And but the chopping and changing the rules confuses everyone. You're not quite sure whether you have got to wear a mask. Oh, so you can you ain't got to wear a mask if you go to. That club but if i go to the gym i've got to wear it but if it's after half 10 i might not have to wear it. you know yeah just, it's
2: it's, it's it hard really to fathom like in college when the restrictions were worse um we didn't have to wear a mask but now as soon as we step foot into college they're handing out masks it's just all over the place it's confusing you don't know where to believe
0: i mean, I, I personally have suffered with social anxiety and i'm as brave as a bull talk to anyone but when you've been locked in your house for so long mm. and haven't been able to kiss my own mum and then all of a sudden I'm allowed to go back to the gym and run a club yeah. with her, I'm thinking, I don't know how I feel about this. Mm. And like when you go to a Merry Hill Centre
2: yeah.
0: and you've been there a million times over your life and it's one standing too close to you, thinking, mm. I've done this a million times. And it it, it does it gives you the heebie-jeebies. Yeah.
2: And, I think it's because it's been built up to be so bad obviously it is, but it's you hear about it being so awful and all these people are dying and you do like get scared of it like it is like you're living in a film. You think, Oh my god, that person is too close to me, like I'm gonna get ill or yeah.
0: And imagine it was quadruple hundredfold by your dad being very poorly yeah. as well.
2: Um yeah, I think it definitely made me more aware at the time, obviously it was really vulnerable. So, I was worried about me going into college or me and seeing my me seeing my friends or worried about people i'd be seeing um, it that was just even more anxiety on top of worrying about my dad yeah
0: and like at, at your age like once again, I remember I lived for my friends at mm. that age, and whatever your friends wanted you got up to, and it must be so tough how many people I know at the gym and their son or their daughters turned 18 and, you know, the right of passage mm. to take them out for the bevy. And I felt like that was taken away from people and, and funerals. A good mm. old boy, yeah, Jimmy Dyson. And I talked to his daughter and she said, he died of a COPD and they knew he was going to die for years. So she went, I didn't, I, I was sad that my dad died, but I felt robbed that we never had the funeral and the wake that he deserved
2: yeah you you almost take for granted the little things like that when it came to my dad's funeral I think when we were first organizing it they said like we could only have like 10 or 15 people Mm. or something like that and obviously that's Horrible, but then I think we got thirty. We're allowed thirty.
1: It's even choosing those people, isn't yeah, it? Or it was like, how hey, do you cut, cut that?
2: Yeah, because I mean,
1: most people have just in family, you could pick yeah. ten people, let alone any friends. And then or... it's
2: deciding whose husband or wife to go or the kids to go. It's yeah, you have to plan it all out, and then yeah, it was really bad.
0: But I imagine that was t- and then you know, with um, losing your dad and mm. your mom losing a husband. In some ways, was it nice though, being together?
2: Yeah, it's almost weird when I tell people about the funeral because we had a laugh and we had like a projector of pictures of him and his Spotify playlist that was playing. Um, Yeah, we. It was almost. It was a nice way of having it. I think just the closest people around you and doing the things that he enjoyed.
1: I was saying uh, most people know know who listen know that my youngest is disabled and lockdown was a blessing for me because it meant mm. I had to stop working and spend time at home and I got time uh, I got that time to spend with her. And I can imagine you we we spoke off air that you didn't know how close your dad was um, mm. to passing at the time, but I, I imagine now that actually stopping it. I don't know whether your mom um, was off work at the time or not, but I can mm. imagine just having the world slow down. And, been spending more time at home and more time with your dad before he went was mm. was a blessing as well.
2: Yeah, I'm really grateful for that. And my mum, she wasn't working at times she hasn't worked since I was born. She's always, you know, looked after us and then looked after my dad. And I think my mum's really grateful for that as well. Just being almost my dad's carer, being with him every single day and we've been able to spend time with him. Like, he was always at work um, before and then, like, we'd be so excited to come see him when he'd get home. So then when he was off work, when he was ill, I was grateful to actually have that time with him, to see him all day and, you know, sit in the garden with him, play guitar, like, the little things like that.
0: I think that's what we've got to remember, even through the darkest days, is them little shines of light Mm. and remembering those good times. I mean, uh, it's... (laughs)
1: And I suppose, speaking of that, we're coming into Christmas now, and and there's a lot of people, parents out there stressing because they've not they've not got the money, they've not got the mm. resources to buy their kids the the presents they want and. And uh, you know the the things you're remembering now are the simple things. It's not that your dad brought you this thing at Christmas. It's mm-hmm. that you sat in the garden and you played guitar with them. Yeah. You, he spent time with you, and you spent time with him. That's mm-hmm. that's the key to the important thing. So, you know, anyone out there now who's struggling to to afford these presents that the kids want because it's, it's madness the the cost of the yeah of these things now. <clears throat> just think about that. The the thing that Lauren's actually remembering and appreciating is is nothing to do with presents money it's to do
2: with
0: time yeah it's the best gift that we can give anyone isn't mm. it you know and um, a little day a, a day just give on your time a board game or whatever people play nowadays <laughs> 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 feature? because as we, we've said so many times and my mum always said to me when um, you know when she passes we won't think about the tv or the settee or the toys it's exactly what you said it's, mm. it's, the, it's the simple but magnificent, the simple, but the things that we wouldn't change for anyone, memories. So maybe this mm. Christmas we should go and make a few more memories. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, you 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 did one last trip to Alton Towers, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I well think before? it
2: was five days or something like that before he we went into the hospice, and we went to Alton Towers, and that that was so fun. I remember it being so funny, and he had he was on a scooter, and you know, almost fell down the hill on it. But um and. All my nan was there, my sisters, um, my auntie, my boyfriend was there. We were all together. And then we got to go back again for free because it rained for a bit. So then we actually had two trips to sorting towers, so, yeah.
0: And you're saying about the hospice and how, how wonderful they were at yeah. the Stephens.
2: Yeah, they treated my dad amazing. And I think he also felt more calm being there rather than at home or a hospital. Um, and they were really nice with us we did um handprint canvases with my dad's handprint and mine on like a little um little heart shaped canvas and we signed it and we also painted on um like uh tote canvas bags and that was really nice just a little things like that to take memories and we've got a care bear that um not a care bear what's it a builder bear builder. that's it <laughs> a care bear um to put his voice in so yeah, yeah they've all gave us that so
0: Oh, oh that always makes me cry I'm thinking about that. <laughs> they did some
1: fantastic work, do not they? Yeah, um, absolutely amazing. And I think it's one one um, charity we'd like to have on, and oh, um, to yeah. hopefully spread more and get get them uh, some more fundraising. So, yeah. if you have any contacts with inside, we are yeah, yeah, more than more than willing to take those off you yeah. and get them on the show.
0: I mean, as a hospice, I mean um, what they do anyway is remarkable. But with the corona. Were you allowed to go in and see,
2: Dad? Yeah, um, we did. We we had to put, like, an apron on, a plastic apron, and a mask.
0: Which is a small price to pay. Yeah, which,
2: at the time, I did not care about. But, um, yeah, I went in with my mum and sisters and just sat round his bed. And, again, we were watching some of his favourite films, like Back to the Future on the (laughs) telly. Had the door open to the garden. um, But I think, at the time, you almost don't realise what's actually happening. You sort of, like... You don't think, oh, this is why I'm here. You just think it, I'm together with my family, with my dad, doing the things we like.
0: And in that probably a better way. Yeah. Because often when we're not in, we don't enjoy the moment.
2: Yeah, I definitely think it's it helped me. I think if you were to think, oh, this is why it's happening, I wouldn't have got through it.
0: So what what things do you want to move on to do now? I mean, we're almost at the end of our show. Mm. But... What do you want to happen in the new year?
2: I definitely want to do some workshops with people in schools, in colleges. I want to try and work with the hospice more to try and build a counselling um, service. I've even been told I could train to do that myself. Um, so yeah.
0: Brilliant, and you—you you, can—you can feel the empathy and the understanding coming off here. I think that—that mm. that might be a vocation. Yeah. Going into it, obviously you want to achieve with the game, mm-hmm. but we could be good at a few things. I think because you've been through the mill,
1: mm.
0: you can understand. Because so many of these people I've worked with counsellors and because they haven't been in the foot race themselves, they haven't been in the trenches, mm-hmm. they can't understand it.
2: Yeah, I've I've also done um, an open university course on on grief. Mm. I want to understand it as much as I can to be able to help people as much as I can.
1: It's fantastic
0: anything you want to say Paul?
1: yeah Kevin I'm going to ask you a question what's your hopes for the new year same thing as every year Pinky Trying to take over the world <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time one day at a time
0: <laughs> pal. Uh, I don't know same thing I, I want to be the best coach I can I want my, my boxers to achieve the ABA start again the youth in January we've come so close yet so far uh, getting to the finals and semi-finals got unlucky on the day uh, I want this. I want to do more public speaking. We've got some wicked things coming up in the new year that we've already signed to. Let's uh, get bigger, better, and just keep getting the same quality of guests on that we've been having on. Just mm-hmm. remarkable learning all the time. How about it, back at your old pal? How about you? I don't. know. I ain't thought about it.
1: I didn't think about it. i was just too busy engrossed in listening you to, talk you. Was, uh, to, uh, to the show. You? What's <laughs> the yeah. plan in your answer? Uh, not at all. As as per usual, the the show is very unplanned. <laughs> um, for me very similar just just keep putting the the podcast out there the radio state and and i'd like to hear more stories out there of people who've helped to be totally honest to people who've listened and it's actually had a positive impact on them um and hopefully get those kind of people on the show and 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 show the work that we hopefully show the work that we are doing is is going out there and and helping other people because we do we do we do all this for free and we although me and Kev do enjoy doing it it is really nice to hear the the positive impact that it is having that it is hopefully having should I say mm. so yeah I'd like to do more of that carry on with the public speaking I think that's absolutely fantastic that we're out there doing doing that and we're getting into you know there's some some great speaks that we've got coming up with with some great companies that are really trying to make a difference within their, their company community as well. Mm. Um, so keep pushing that forward. I want to sleep more as well, Kev, to be perfectly honest. Um, it, <laughs> there's been a lot of sleepless nights the last year and I'd like to uh, yeah get more time in bed.
0: <laughs> and on about bit public speaking, we've got the legend, which is Blind Dave, coming on next week. He's just had his OBE and he's one of the other hometown heroes and he's an absolute great, great bloke. You know, lost his eyesight younger. What he has gone and achieved, I'm so privileged to call him a mate. So he's joining us, same time, same place, next week. So, have you got any quotes or sayings?
2: Yeah, uh, one of them is, improvise, adapt and overcome. Uh, and where,
0: where did that come from? My
2: dad. <laughs> he used to tell me that every single day when I had a problem and I was struggling with something, that's what he'd tell me and my other one would be Ask Me If I'm Really Okay, which is the title of my campaign Yeah.
0: And I think they're both lovely, it's a, and your dad used to say what? Sorry, say it one
2: Improvise, more. adapt and overcome
0: Yeah. By any means necessary you'll get there Yeah. And what was the other one?
2: Um, ask Me If I'm Really Okay, the title of my campaign Ask people, don't be afraid to talk to them and open up about your feelings
0: And I think that if, we, if we've got to combine them two, I think that by any means necessary, we can get through it. Yeah, exactly. And keep checking up on people. Mm-hmm. Because especially around Christmas now, do you want to come around for dinner? Do you want to have a quiet for a drink? And sometimes we ain't going to give the honest answer
2: mm-hmm. the
0: first time that we're asked it. Yeah. So it's having that... And I think sometimes... I don't. I don't want to keep asking it. You, know, you know, I guess upset you, or you know, I don't want you to ask it. Mm. If they don't want to answer it, they won't answer the phone, or I'll tell you to clear off. Yeah. But by asking that question, you might be the person who saves that person's life.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Really. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to do that as well, doesn't mm-hmm. it? You know, it takes a lot of courage to to answer that question sometimes, and you know, but when you are asked that question try and be as honest as you can with it i know it does take that courage but it it could open up the door and make your life so much better as well you know we we do often just kind of throw that question out there and we already know the the answer to it don't we we already know i'm fine i'm fine but actually try and open up to people and try and get you know, because it will make your life better. Me and Kev are mm. sit, sitting here, proof of that. We, you know, by starting this and doing this and talking more about our own mental health struggles, it, it's it's made our lives so much more enriched, so much better, and so much happier, hasn't it, Kev?
0: Mm. It is. It, it's. Um, I think you can actually be honest with yourself and realise that you're not bulletproof, mm. and the days that you're not strong doesn't mean you're weak. And just because you failed does not make you a failure. That that's helped me so much to realise that mm-hmm. I'm a superhero or I'm not a a wimp. I'm a human being. Yeah. And some days it's easier than it is. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's Some days I'll say I should get up out the wrong side of the bed. Some days you wake up and you're going to be down for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. It hasn't got to be of a bereavement. It can just be I'm down. Mm-hmm. And other days it can be okay, and other weeks it just isn't.
2: And where you can, pick apart those negatives or what you take of something bad and turn it into a positive again. Just try and, yeah, make it positive.
0: And find things that help you along the way. Mine has mm-hmm. often been music. I love music. Yeah. So I will listen to happier songs, songs that get me pumped for the gym or happier songs that make me laugh. Or watching films, or I watch something about Merrick's I Love It, or Sean the Dead, or whatever it is, and I laugh, and there's no better therapy, in my opinion, than a good old belly laugh.
2: Mm, yeah.
0: Or, or happy photos. What other things do you like? Because you like music as well, don't you?
2: Yeah, I love my music. I love films as well, um, and games, but I do. I love to just, you know, it's so much easier to just put yourself in a, in a, digital world isn't it and just play away or listen to songs on repeat for ages and just listen to it without having to think about anything
0: else two two favourite films
2: The Matrix and Back to the Future
0: the are releasing Lord of the Matrix. Yeah, I'm they, so excited.
2: <laughs> I'm so excited. It's got a lot to live up to. that person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: the first one was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. The other two were just Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's,
1: that's Kev's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and Back to the Future is one of the things I grew up watching. Every Christmas I, w- I watch them every time. Mark yeah. Fox, I mean, what a young man to get Parkinson's disease. yeah oh, no. <laughs> He is really done his part to get more money and funding into there. And that's what we need. We mm. need these celebrities on side. And more people with power, more we can make a difference. Um But even he's been trolled by what horrible people are troll, yeah. Michael J. Fox, Rafferty Parkinson's. Oh, no. But what we could do, we could either focus on negativity or we could focus on positivity. Yeah. I know which one I'll rather do, mm. especially around Christmas. So... Once again, thank you ever so much for coming on. Mm, Thank you. Could you you. give me those two quotes one more time?
2: Improvise, adapt and overcome and ask me if I'm really okay.
0: And how can people find you if they want to follow your cause?
2: I have my Ask Me If I'm Really Okay campaign page on Facebook.
0: Brilliant. So, guys, we're back for our last week next Thursday with Blind Dave. We'll be chewing the fat about everything mental health and life in general. So I want everyone to take care of yourselves. Follow us on YouTube and social media. Until we see each of a next time, take care of yourselves and each other. To